I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. I didn't know you were going to start off like that. Well, how was I supposed to? You sound like a Dracula. John, 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 you scary. (laughs) Yeah, so Drew and I love to celebrate January scary, which is essentially like a made-up holiday. It is well, no, actually, I think I got it from something like long ago, like ten, fifteen years ago. I heard January scary used for something where they were playing like spooky stuff and like horror movies uh in january kind of as like a a callback to halloween after the holiday season Mm -hmm. and so i just kind of picked up the term and decided to use it okay so we love to watch scary movies we pretty much watch scary movies all year round so this is just another excuse to watch more scary movies right (laughs) um so we thought it'd be fun to discuss our top five favorite horror movies for january scary and um, really, the criteria here is just like dark, dreary, cold, isolated, isolated, snowy or not. <laughs> snowy or not. I mean, snow. Snow is sometimes like a key factor in these horror movies, but then sometimes it's not. Like it just, right. um, it's just the isolation and the cold mm-hmm. and the darkness because it's you know the darkest time of year. Yeah. So, um, we thought it'd be fun to discuss our top five favorites. So, why don't you start us off, babe? I feel like this list is going to be very similar. We're going to be very similar because we watch this, we literally watch the same shit every year. Right. But that's okay. Go ahead. So, okay. you start us off with number five. So, my number five is it's kind of like a horror black comedy. It's Wolf of Snow Hollow. That's mine, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So um, if you don't know Jim Cummings, who is the director, he is great. Um, yeah, he's awesome. This is actually, Okay. So this is his horror film. and these, Horror comedy. Yeah, horror comedy. The, the synopsis is, Tara grips a small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon, losing sleep. Raising a teenage daughter and caring for an ailing father, Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself that there's no such thing as werewolves. Yes, yeah, so he's a police officer in this like small Utah town. Is yeah. that in Utah? I think, and it's like a snowy. Um, it's like winter time, and um, it starts out with this vacationing com- couple in this cabin, and. Things happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to like. We don't want to. I mean, there's like we're probably going to give away some spoilers here. 
but not anything major that would completely yeah, I don't, ruin I don't want to ruin Wolf yeah. of Snow Hollow because yeah, I, I feel like it's really good. It just sets up the premise, for, like it says in the synopsis, where you're questioning whether or not this is like a human or a werewolf mm-hmm. who's committing crimes. And um, Officer Marshall... Who's played by Jim he's Cummings. He's played by Jim Cummings and he's fantastic. He's so funny. He's like demeanor like the way he i don't what's the his right? facial expressions and his like mannerisms yes and his tone of voice and mm-hmm. everything it's just hilarious it, it definitely feels fargo-y and okay. then it also mm-hmm. feels a little bit like twin peaks yeah i could see so that. if any if those two things are things that interest you um and it's 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 quirky and it's it's got some dark in it mm-hmm. um his character it's okay so one of the things i love about it is his character is um it just flies off the hinges well he's dealing with he's trying to stay sober like he's yeah he's he's an alcoholic that is in recovery Mm -hmm. um he's like raising a teenage daughter that he has he's divorced and has a very difficult relationship with his ex-wife um his dad is a sheriff who has is health problems. having health problems so he's extremely stressed out he doesn't know how to handle the stress very well um and he has an anger problem mm-hmm. so he lashes out at everyone near him um the supporting cast is great mm-hmm. um it's just like a you know group of quirky characters throughout yes. the entire thing well and his dad one of my favorite lines is i would ask you all to pray but I can't because of the goddamn lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. So highly recommend watching Wolf of Snow Hollow. It's from 2020. Kind of flew under the radar a bit because of the pandemic. Like, yeah, we found it on Amazon Prime um, and we ended up buying it because yeah. we loved it so much. And so. the dad is played by um, late uh, Robert Forster. Forster. Yeah. yeah um so he's he's just really good too yeah um it's great so yeah that we we suggest that one so i so guess we watched, that was like the first movie we kind of kicked off jnu scary with it is yeah okay so i did number five so you want me to do number four yeah okay so for number four i have 30 days of night <laughs> 2007 do you have the same one I have the same of course <laughs> Okay, so here's the synopsis. When their annual month-long polar night arrives around the corner, the town of Barrow, Alaska, seems like all will be all right during that time, but all is far from all right. After strange things start to happen around the town, the town's sheriff, Eben, I think it's Eben? It's Eben. Eben Olson will soon discover the real horrifying truth to what's been going on. The town has been targeted by a clan of hungry, bloodthirsty vampires. After most of the townspeople are killed what? off. The, oh, sorry. Well, yeah. what, this what? synopsis came from IMDb. Did you do the official synopsis? No, probably or not. You did the user one. Whatever. Okay. So first rule, first rule <laughs> of IMDb synopsis is you always read the first one because the first one is the official one. The ones later are done by users are well, usually Well, sometimes they aren't that great. Stuff. They don't. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'll give you my own synopsis. Okay. So the town is preparing because it's supposed to be 30 days of night, meaning the sun will not rise for like 30 days. They're going to be in total darkness Which I think in this that's town. Un- I think that's untrue, right? That's not, that's not a true I thing. I feel like... No, I not feel like a, there not is... Alaska. I don't know. You look it up. Then okay, I'm going to look this. it up. Anyway, so he is like the sheriff of the town and... Um, 
his like brother lives there and his mom or grandma grandma and his he has an ex-wife and they're they're not doing too well like their relationship i don't even think they're fully divorced yet i think they're just separated they're separated yeah um and so it's like it it kind of delves a little bit into like their relationship and the like the tension there but ultimately um yeah, it's really about the townspeople and how they're going to um, battle, essentially, or try to survive um, these vampires that have come and tar- targeted their town because it will be completely dark and the vampires can just, you know, right. let all hell break loose so without I'm, any type of, of worry about the sun coming up. Right. So I'm full of shit. Uh, see, um, <laughs> there, I told you. You're uh, always full of shit. Whatever. The town of, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, um, it, there's a town in Alaska that's formerly known as Barrow, has near constant darkness from mid to late November until late January because the sun never rises during that 60-day plus oh, period. Formerly known as Barrow. Yeah. So, oh, okay. okay. I... I really like that movie. I think it's, I, I hate to say, but it's it's a it's a pretty good vampire movie. But the vampires act like zombies. They're no, so, they're more intelligent than that. It's more of um. But they're quick moving. They're they're still. Sick. They have their own language, which is really cool. The way they communicate. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It also reminds me a little bit of like what I Am Legend or the Omega Man. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's more like that. Um, they're I, animalistic. They're. Mm-hmm able to communicate with one another and um they just are terrifying right and i think a a good part of you know speaking of like jnu scary and that why it fits in this you know the town is isolated it's in the mental middle of winter um it's completely dark and these people had to fend for themselves they had to survive um and and the way they do is they have to like huddle and like attics and stuff like that. It's based off a, a comic book or graphic novel, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, I, I've read a little bit of it and it's also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the visuals are really great. Uh, the way that the vampire makeup looks mm-hmm. like they're really gaunt looking and, and just really um, like gray and have the black eyes and have these long fingernails um, mm-hmm. dressed in like black coats and those type of things mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's a good middle of the winter horror movie because it preys yeah. on those fears of isolation and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is a common theme in a lot of these movies yeah i mean and well yeah because like typically around winter time you know people get seasonal depression because it's so mm-hmm. gloomy and dark and Which then one? imagine never having the sun come up. Right. At least, you know, here in Kentucky, we occasionally get a few days where the sun tries to come out. Right. And I think the thing is, it's kind of funny. It's like, how do you battle seasonal depression? Well, we watch isolating horror movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's what we do. Okay. So you go with your number three pick. All right. My number three is The Shining. <laughs> same. <laughs> I feel like our list is going to be the exact same. I think it's going to be the exact same. Okay, so The Shining, 1980. Do you want to talk about your synopsis? Yeah. I probably chose the wrong one on IMDb. Yeah, yours is like a book. (laughs) Um, A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. So this is Stanley Kubrick's um, The Shining. Masterpiece. Right. It's a masterpiece. Um, it's it, really... it is. And, and it's one of those movies that 
again encompass that you know isolation and but it's artistically done too it's like mm-hmm. it's done in such a way that's like the cinematography he knew what he was doing he was deliberate in everything he did and i i remember reading in the trivia where he he was so meticulous about shot for shot what he wanted and i know that he treated um Shelley long yes like shit like yes. um he felt like she wasn't i got or he kept pushing her pushing her pushing her pushing her well, he, to the point where she was like going to break um, right so the story is is that she was made to do that stairway scene for 127 takes yeah um so the thing is though she was it, so exhausted at that point and but she, you can i'm gonna see... push back a little bit that's not perfectionism that's abuse because if you think about it i mean this and i think that's probably some of the reason why shelly long has disappeared from the public eye for so long oh, yeah. it's because she suffered from the production of that movie and she's been pretty vocal about that recently mm-hmm. um that you know that that took a lot out of her um and it's and i think movies back then kind of like directors were like okay like you know we're gonna push the envelope or we're gonna push for artistic you know stuff and um yeah so i think that broke her a little bit yeah now speaking of the movie though as a whole it's it's a great film the only thing that i don't like it regarding the like stephen king's original novel is that jack torrance is supposed to be kind of a not a likable guy but he's like he's again like kind of the same as like snow hollow he's in recovery he's a recovering alcoholic he um abused his son you know physically abused his son at one point well at but one point he, he made a mistake he, yeah and so he he's trying to like make himself better so he's supposed to be not likable, but, but he's like, easily but he's, influenced by yes. But he's but he's supposed to be um, trying, like yes. he's trying to yes. get better. Yes. And so then when he devolves into mad- madness, you're see. And at the end of the book, spoiler for the end of the book, he actually does save Danny mm-hmm. by like sacrificing himself so that Danny and you know his mom can live. Isn't where, the made for TV version closer to the Yeah, it that the made for TV version is closer to the original um novel. novel. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I know the guy's name is like Steven and he was from Wings a long time ago, Sean Mage. <laughs> I don't know what his last name is, I forgot. But it does like his his um Until poise and mm-hmm. his way of doing the character is more aligned to, to what the book was. Yeah. Now you have, you know, Jack Nicholson as jack torrance in this yeah. one and it would be like the equivalent of having um uh of course my mind would blank at this very moment um i'll let you come back to it um but like jack torrance like you know jack nicholson as as torrance he starts off at his level of just being crazy like he's just he, his his affect and everything is is off and so when he turns even more crazy it just doesn't it doesn't fit just because you don't see the progression of him going insane from the overlook it's just him being insane anyway there's one scene in particular that i'm thinking of 
of just how his mannerisms are. It's when Shelley Long brings him breakfast in bed, and he's like, "Yeah, I love it here." And like, and he's already like, he's already a fucking mental case, like already there. So by the end of the movie, when he goes crazy, it's like it doesn't fit. <laughs> so yeah, but it's still a good one to watch around this time. Um, some of those pieces, you know, that you know we discussed. Um, I think visually it is a masterpiece. Like you think of the floor is, you know, iconic. The part where Danny does his, like, you know, his tricycle down the road, like the, um, down the hallway, he turns mm-hmm. and he sees the twins. Mm-hmm. That's iconic. The whole, like two, is it two thirty seven room he goes into, you know, that's iconic. Even so much so that when, Mike Flanagan made Dr. Sleep, mm-hmm. which is a, is a sequel to The Shining Book, mm-hmm. which that's also a really good movie. Yeah. He took parts of Kubrick's movie and put them into that movie. Yeah. Because people identify The Shining with more of the movie than the book now. Yeah. And so even parts of like the, the Overlook and some of Danny's memories are made out to be more of the movie. And that's not on the list, but Dr. Sleep is a fantastic movie. Mike Flanagan is one of the best directors of horror. I would say in the past, in the past like 10, 10 years, years yeah. um, he's 10 years. fucking brilliant. And that, and so Dr. Sleep is good. What so. I was going to say is if they were to make the movie now, Nicholas mm-hmm. Cage, it's like that level of crazy. Like the actor's already kind of nuts, and then you have him play a right. role like that. It would be right. the equivalent. Yeah, Nicolas Cage definitely has that. Um, what was it? Oh, the H.P. Lovecraft movie, The oh. Color Out of Space. Yes. Oh, my God, was, that movie, is, it fucks me up. <laughs> I can't. Well, he's already crazy kind of in that movie just because of his mannerisms. Yeah. So when he goes crazy, it doesn't – that that crescendo isn't happening. It's just – full-on crazy yeah it's just Nicolas Cage is mm-hmm. yeah so I did want to briefly mention since we're talking about The Shining some of the theories around it have you you've heard about these right I think so probably you've probably heard at least a few of them um so one of the theories is that it's like a so allegedly Stanley Kubrick was involved in the fake footage of the moon landing whether or not you believe that in 1960 whatever we 1969 um whether or not we landed on the moon or not um there is a theory that stanley kubrick may have been involved with um filming the hoax if it was a hoax i think i've heard that and there's several references in the shining to like the moon landing, like at one point, he's wear- uh, Danny's wearing a sweater that says like Apollo on it or something. It looks like it has a spacecraft, like the the hmm. shuttle. Anyway, there's so- you can look it up, you can Google it. Um, uh, another theory is is in reference to like Native American genocide, so like okay. an indigenous people. Um, so there's several references again in the movie um, about the genocide of Native Americans and the ghosts that are haunting the hotel. Um, Again, you can Google that if you'd like to see, but essentially it has to do with like Native American burial grounds and whether the hotel was built on it. Right. Um, 
let's see. Oh, another theory is that they're in hell. That the hotel is actually the representation of hell. It okay. represents hell in the form of afterlife or the ghost is like purgatory. And that's why at the end, I guess, Jack Jack is in like, again, if you haven't seen The Shining yet, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this, but tough. Um, right. But when he shows up in the picture at the end, it's like he's always been there at the hotel. Oh, okay. I think I, I don't read it like that. I read that he died on the property. And he, then his. And so his ghost is going to haunt that property i think it's more i think people sometimes can read way into movies mm-hmm. I, I mean i can do that sometimes but i think more or less with the storyline you know grady killed his killed his daughters and his family on the mm-hmm. property and then killed himself right and so, so then he became a ghost so he became property. a ghost on the property so that's that's what happened to jack as he froze to death outside <laughs> i guess well he, yeah i so, mean so in the i think in the original you said he didn't he sir he ends up he no he dies jack dies but he sacrifices he, himself he becomes to save. yes he becomes good because he stops attacking he redeems himself. he redeems himself yeah yeah well, there's another theory I did want to mention because you were talking about how Shelley Long was treated mm-hmm. and how Stanley Kubrick really pushed her. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a theory that all of it is made up in what was her name in the movie? Wendy. Wendy. That it was all in her mind. That she was like, yes, he's you know brought the family there and, and there's this isolation piece and it looks like he's going crazy. Right. But there's a theory that she's actually going crazy. So, and she's imagining all of this in her mind because she's sick of his abuse and his, the way he had treated them. And so that's it's an like, interesting theory, but I guess with these theories, because she's the one who actually sees the ghosts, but right. I know he does too. Cause he's like talking to the bartender. Right. In one scene. See, the, the reason why I don't, I think these theories are kind of full of shit is because <laughs> you already have a book that this is like based on yeah so it's not like it's so a you're movie. having theories on the movie you're versus... having theories on a movie that's already based on a written novel that explains kind of what's going on yeah so it's just like people that haven't read the book who are just making theories i hear you so well let's move on we've kind of really like we really discussed did. this one okay <laughs> so i have a feeling that we're gonna both have number two okay okay i'll say it at our count of three one one two, two three. three alien, alien. damn yeah. it <laughs> All right, the original Alien yes. um, from 1979. Uh, do you want to read your synopsis since you don't like mine? <laughs> All right, the crew of commercial spacecraft encounter a deadly life form after investigating an unknown transmission. So yeah, mine's different. Um, quite a bit longer. Yeah, do you want, those are the user ones. Do you I don't care. It's a. Ones? Can I just read it? In the distant future, the crew of the commercial spaceship Nostromo are on their way home when they pick up a distress call from a distant moon. The crew are under obligation to investigate, and the spaceship descends on the moon afterwards. After a rough landing, three crew members leave the spaceship to explore the area on the moon. At the same time as they discover a hive colony of some unknown creature, the ship's computer deciphers the message to be a warning, not a distress call. When one of the eggs is disturbed, the crew realizes they are not alone on the spaceship and they must deal with the consequences. Okay, I I like that, but here's the thing. A synopsis is not a novel. 
Whatever. And I feel like that a lot of times people write way too much for Well, I liked it. So I used so, it. Well, I think it gives too much away. Okay. Well, We're, surely people have seen Alien right, at this but, point. But again, if it's like a newer movie and you have a synopsis that's like a page long, okay, it can well, be so Yeah, but this is, not, you know, like. Okay. Anyway, but Alien is one of the best movies ever. And, and Alien, like Alien and Aliens. Aliens is, is fantastic. But we don't watch. we. So I will. The reason why Aliens is not on our list is because we typically watch Aliens. So the sequel um, on or around Women's <laughs> International, International Women's Day. Day. Because Ripley is a badass bitch. Yeah. And yeah. So. So usually around my birthday too. So. Right. So the movie Alien is. It definitely has the isolation mm-hmm. piece to dark. Cold. It feels um, cold. What, what's in the darkness is, is what's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen Alien, I know it, it's like 1979. I mean, so you hopefully you have. Or maybe um, it's been a while. Yeah, well, you should definitely watch it again because um, it's fantastic. And the thing is, is that it's the first one is definitely horror where the second one is more maybe action. Well, it's horror side. I mean, sci-fi. Yeah. Um, The the cast of characters are great. Like, you know, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. Fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. You know, it's it's spawned that that thing has spawned like numerous sequels which yeah it's a franchise yes some of them are not very good um there's a board game that we own we own and it's awesome and we Um, play it with our kiddo and he loves it yes um so it's just you you never know where the alien is it can be an event it can be you know it's oh yeah it's also a video game too alien isolation which is terrifying i've watched it it can be an event it can be around the corner um in the darkness you know it's this terrifying killing creature that mm-hmm. kills without with acid mercy. for blood with acid for blood like you try to kill it and it's gonna like spray its acid blood at you it's just, right yeah so that's our our number two and we're not talking a lot about it but it is like one of the greatest sci-fi horror movies if not the greatest sci-fi horror well hold on i'm not, I'm not gonna speak yeah to i was it. gonna say like, no, i can't say that um it's one of the greatest ones. It's up there. Um, I think one and two for me are very close. Yeah, they're almost tied. But All right, probably... well, I'll let you take the lead on number one because it's <laughs> well, your fave. Number one is going to obviously be the same for me and stuff, but number one for me is my favorite movie of all time. And that is John Carpenter's The Thing. 1982. 1982. And it's a research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of his victims. And let me tell you, if you have not seen it at all, or if it's been a while, you need to watch yes. John Carpenter's The Thing. Well, and we reference, we, if you listen to our episode from earlier this week, we referenced it because mm-hmm. we talked about a parasitic alien organism, right? We mentioned that they had found the zombie virus in the permafrost and right. we made reference to that X-File episode. So, like, this movie, The Thing, it just takes horror to a whole new level. Um, you know, slasher movies are one thing, like that was kind of the thing in the eighties with slashers. And then you take a parasitic alien that can mimic its appearance to look like anyone. So you don't know 
what has like who has been assimilated by this this creature right and that and that so i what i like about it is it's fun to rewatch it and see if you can track where the alien goes mm-hmm. because it starts off in a dog and then it goes to a person that's in the shadows but you never get to see who that person is mm-hmm. you can guess but you don't know Right. And then so that person is assimilated. And then here's the thing. They don't know they are assimilated. They don't know they're part of the alien. So they're walking around like and doing stuff and they don't know that they're part of the alien. And so you don't know which one is which until either they're the alien is frightened because mm-hmm. of it's feeling fire. threatened, it's feeling threatened about fire. And then it shows itself. It, it manifests either by having like <laughs> Like making like big huge, um, like tentacles come out and or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Russell is amazing in it. He's like the coolest guy. Yeah, he's he's, he's your idol. Yeah, he <laughs> he's the coolest. Like he's the coolest guy in this movie. I mean, like he's playing chess with a computer and he gets mad at it and he pours scotch scotch down into it. It's it's great. Um, Tell him how you were him for Halloween one year. OSM for Halloween one year. (laughs) What else do I say? (laughs) But you like, we had to get you a big wide brimmed hat and you found the blood sample on Etsy. Yeah, it was great. And And I have, I have his action figure because I'm a huge dork. Um, (laughs) I just got you that for Christmas. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's just a great, it's, it's number one because it has all the, the things that we love about quote unquote change scary has you know it's a winter cold cold in antarctica isolation um it's again one of those ones where you can keep watching it over and over again and you can find something different like you can Mm -hmm. say oh well then that's how he got assimilated or that's how he became part of the thing Mm -hmm. um the cast of characters are is is great Mm -hmm. they're all unique Uh, all unique um it's also a board game that we also own which is fun yes um and let's talk really quickly about The Thing um, 2011, which essentially is a prequel to the movie where, so I will go ahead and read what I have here. An Antarctica research site, the dis- discovery of an alien craft, leads to a confrontation between graduate student Kate Lloyd and scientist Dr. Sonder Halvarsson. Essentially, it's the night, the, what are they? The, um... Sweets? Isn't it Sweets? No, I thought they were Norwegians. Norwegians. There There we go. go. Oh my gosh. So, so graduate student Kate Lloyd, who's played by Mary Elizabeth Weinstein. Yes. Which she's she's great in this. I I would say okay. The original thing is my favorite. I still do like the prequel. I think it's good. Yeah. She the the effects are way I think too computer generated for me. Yeah. In this one, um, because I I'm a sucker for practical effects and. The thing, the original thing, has yes. some of the best practical effects I've ever seen. Like it looks real. Like when we went to the movies, remember? And we, we saw got it to in watch the theater. That. We well, and then we got to watch the like they had the documentary or the making of afterward. Remember, we stayed and watched, and they were talking yes. about how they did some of the practical practical effects to the point where it was dangerous and people almost got hurt. Yes, <laughs> so. yes, like flammable materials yeah. and 
Yeah. So, but um, yes, Mary Elizabeth Win- Winstead. Yes. Um, she, I feel like, is it was like by by having her as the lead character, it was almost like a Ripley situation. They were it trying is. to kind of not only pick up on the thing, but also Alien. There's a, there's a part in it where she's the only female. Yeah. There's a part in that that prequel movie mm-hmm. where she's frightened and she's like leaning up against a wall and her hair is in her face. And there's like an alarm going off and she, it's like she is channeling Ripley, Ripley at yeah. that moment. Mm-hmm. So um, I, that's why I like it because it's almost like a, a merging mm-hmm. of alien aliens mm-hmm. and the thing. Yeah. So and- I've, gr- I've grown to really like that one as like we've watched it numerous times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, the original is perfection. Yes. Um, but that one is is really good. I, I think my biggest gripe again about the prequel is it's in that it's I think it was like 2011, and it's yes. like there's some really crappy CGI. In yeah, but I I did want to mention I think they did a really good job trying to stay true to the original movie so that it picks up for the most part right when the new the old one starts. So it's like it's definitely a prequel. You can see right. how they the they end, tried to be very careful with how they did it, like the set and right. like what what they found. Remember when um, McReady goes and they investigate the Norwegians, um, their camp, their ca- yeah, their and location, set up like exactly their like outpost. it is in the prequel. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job with that. And I think the thing is though is if I remember correctly, continuity. If I remember correctly with the marketing it was billed as a like not a sequel but like a remake yeah it was kind of billed that way but they and really it ended up it. being a prequel and so i think that's one of the things that i like about it is you know it's not a remake it's a prequel so real those... quick speaking of like um dogs we were talking about in the thing oh. our dog has decided that um <clears throat> first he was licking himself and then he's he's now laying behind drew and he's very so if upset. you hear i know our microphone probably picks up occasionally but yes he's very upset that we're not giving him attention right now yeah, he's snorting and and being very fussy at this point so yeah. we're have to probably get off here soon so we can give him <laughs> some, some so attention. we can snuggle and watch another scary because he's getting he's getting upset <laughs> Um, do we have anything else to say about these movies? That's really it. The only other thing I did want to mention um, that isn't on our list because I don't necessarily have to watch it every January or for, you know, for January scary. Right. Sometimes we watch it for February scary. February scary. Yeah. <laughs> we just come up with like whatever excuses we need. But sometimes in February, um, we like to watch a movie called As Above, So Below. That is a good one. It came out in 2014, again, kind of under the radar. Um, it's not very well known, so I don't want to give too much away, but... Well, are you going to read... Which, which synopsis are you going to read? I, <laughs> shut up. It's from IMDb. An archaeological enthusiast uncovers the secret of Nicholas Flamel's tombstone to pinpoint the location of the historical philosopher's stone. The quest to the stone takes Scarlet and a group of explorers deep into the uncharted catacombs of Paris, where they encounter far more than they bargained for and struggle to fight against their own demons in this claustrophobic horror. How's that? Yeah. (laughs) So... So it takes place in the catacombs, and they actually they got permission to film in the actual catacombs, which is like unheard of. Yeah. So, and unless there's something else I can help with. 
Oh. Okay. <laughs> Apparently my Siri just Okay, that was weird. Okay. Um, so Drew and I for our honeymoon, we went to Paris and we actually got to go down into mm-hmm. the catacombs. So when this movie came out, I was like really excited to see it and we love it. We bought we ended up buying it because we it just, is it is very good. It's a found footage movie. But um, it's done in a way that's unique and different. It is. And I think it's it, it has again a good set of characters. I think Scarlett's great. She's mm-hmm. she's got a very um Laura Croft kind of way yeah, about yeah, her. Yeah. Um and I'm not saying like she's like wearing short shorts or anything like that. No. She's like this she is like a tomb raider. She she's goes intelligent. around intelligent, she can fight, you know, she's pretty she's pretty badass. Yeah, and she goes around and she's like t- you know, getting like artifacts and that's like that's really cool and seeing finding clues on on yeah so secret messages i i think that she is a good leading lady in that movie because Mm -hmm. she's intelligent she's you know she's got this wealth of historical knowledge Mm -hmm. um and she's she's like she's like a nana jones yeah and so female version yeah. yeah and then she she has she hires a bunch of people to try to find this you know this artifact to take her down into the catacombs she hires people to take her down into the catacombs so that she can then discover where the philosopher's stone is right and so you have you know her cameraman that's recording everything you have an ex-boyfriend that he's well what is he good at again He's well, going to like techie. He's or he's able to like fix things cuz he fixed the clock in Notre Dame. Yeah, and then he but he also has he knows like languages. Yes. So then you have um French like spelunkers like, you know, who go down to who the go down Calvary, illegally illegally and like run around. Um so you have all these like different people that go down in there and like things start happening. There's and, some occult stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, but it it takes a turn that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a, like an honorable mention, I would say. Yeah, well, it's again, we can watch it for January scary, or we can watch it in February scary. Right. <laughs> like it's just one of those movies you could really it. It's got the isolation piece, but it's not necessarily cold and dark. And I mean, it's dark in the catacombs, but it's not cold. It's not snowy. You could, I mean, it's dark and cold and creepy down in the catacombs any time of year. Right. So that's um, about it. Um. If you all have seen something or maybe like if there's a horror movie that you all enjoy watching this time of year, whether it's winter, you know, because it's cold, snowy, dark, isolating, um, or there's just a movie that you just love to watch this time of year, a horror movie, let us know. We're always looking for for great recommendations. And as we are kicking off season two, um, next week's going to be a doozy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's kind of a true crime slash mm-hmm. mystery. Yeah. So. Um, Drew's going to take the lead on this one. Yeah. And it's a different focus, which I always like different focuses. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but we'll, we'll dive in next week on this case that I'm reviewing um, for a new, a new take. A new on, take. on our little podcast. Yes. And if you have any suggestions or recommendations for topics we should cover, please let us know. You can email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Yeah. And until then, you know, thank you for joining us as we sip on spirits and talk about spirits and movies and true crime and all sorts of crazy supernatural stuff. Yep. Bye.